Hello, this is the State Senate DFL Podcast, Call of the Senate. I'm your host, Senator Jeff Hayden. Thank you for joining us. The purpose of the podcast is to allow you, the listener, to better understand our senators with stories about their background, where they grew up, the moment they knew they wanted to be a public servant. Also, we'll be discussing legislation or general changes in society that they hope to accomplish during their time in the Senate. Welcome to Call of the Senate, Senator Matt Little. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Good, good. We're so glad to see you today. Times are are busy around here. We're moving closely to our break. I don't know when this is going to air, but I know uh, we've been running around. But I want to first start by uh, asking you about the district you represent. What part of the state is it in? What's its district number, et cetera? Sure. I represent State Senate District 58. Uh, so that's, I, I say it's Lakeville, Farmington, in southern Dakota County. So that includes uh, 12 townships, six small towns, and I have the northern part of Northfield. So okay. pretty big district. Pretty big district and kind of suburban and rural, right? Yeah, it's it's got, uh, I think, three kind of distinct feels. Certainly mm-hmm. Lakeville is, um, you know, a very fast-growing suburb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farmington uh, is kind of a mix where it still has, uh, you know, the farm background, the farm history, um, but um, has some growth in their northern section, uh, mm-hmm. so it's got a suburban feel there. And then I have a huge part of my district that's uh, rural in a farming community. So tell us about you. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college? Sure. Uh, so I grew up in Lakeville. Uh, my parents uh, still live in the house I grew up in, in Lakeville. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so grew up there, went to Parfield Elementary, Scott Highlands Middle School, and then graduated Rosemont High School. My district uh, in Lakeville, there's this uh, area called the Bermuda Triangle. It's a neighborhood that's literally a triangle okay. uh, surrounded by roads. And so um, they call it the Bermuda Triangle because uh, when we were growing up, it had an Apple Valley phone number. It was a it was a Rosemount address, and we lived in Lakeville. So uh, people were always confused about wow. where they were from. Um, but from Lakeville, and then proud of it. Okay. And then from there, you went to yeah. So I graduated from the University of Minnesota Morris. Um, I think it's just a wonderful school, and if you're listening, you should go there, or right. your kids should go there, or right. your grandkids. They need enrollment go. down there. I heard. They well, yeah, sure. Uh, enrollment has gone up and down. You know, they've they've been up to about two thousand, but they've also been down to sixteen hundred. Um, uh, I just think it's a great school if, if you want to make some good friends, you want to be involved in whatever you want to be involved in. Um, Southwest you know. corner of the state. Is it? It's out, out west, yep, um, western part of the state uh, on the prairie, and uh, got a political science degree there and, and then went off to Washington, D.C. for a couple of years. Okay. So you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to law school? I went to the University of Minnesota. Oh, okay. Twin Cities. So I'm a product of the U and, uh, and, and support them every way I can here at the legislature. Okay. So what did you do after that? What did you do after college? Yeah, so I uh, kind of tore off to Washington, D.C. I was the um, bright, starry-eyed uh, political science student that I was going to you know, take that place over. So uh, mm-hmm. went out there, had an internship with Lockridge Grindle Nowen. Okay. Uh, so they're uh, based in Minnesota, but they have a kind of a lobbying arm out there. Shout out to Charlie Nowen. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, so went out there and then um, got a job with the Letter Carriers Association and got to teach uh, members how to campaign and how to lobby. And so... Had ten states that I covered and traveled all over those states and wow. and talked to members and it was it was great fun and met some uh, people I'm still in contact with. It's all based out of DC. Yep, based out of DC. Okay. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, 
then uh, decided I'd, I'd take a little breather. I went down to South America and taught English in Chile for a semester okay. um, and traveled down there. So that I don't pronounce it Chile? Chile. Okay. Yeah, you got it right. You got okay. it right. Okay. I make so sure here here you'd probably say Chile, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cooking some chili, but uh, it's uh, Chile. So, yeah. All right, all right. So then you came back home. I did. Uh, and then what'd you do? Uh, so in 2010, I ran for city council in Lakeville. I just I'd always followed what was happening in the local politics. And how, how old were you then? I was 25. 25 years old. Yeah, I was 25. Okay. Yeah, much younger than today, if you will. <laughs> Not much. Not much. Um, but yeah, just kind of followed local politics and saw they were making a lot of short-term decisions. Just. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it felt like they just wanted to get reelected, mm-hmm. and they were they were kind of making budgets based on a number instead of what our city valued. And so, I ran on restoring some cuts to uh, the police department, and you know, making sure that we stayed on top of infrastructure. They were delaying uh, road improvements, and as we know around here, roads don't get better if you don't fix them. Uh, so just kind of supercharged uh, the road reconstruction. That's kind of what I ran on initially um, for city council. Now, were you practicing law at the same time? No. So this is before I was a lawyer. This, oh, okay. Yeah. So right. I got I got elected in in 2010, and then um, in 2011 is when I started law school. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. So you were city council member and then going to law school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. And then at some point you ascended to being the mayor. Yeah. So I don't think I could ever make this decision again. But I was on the city council. I was in law school in my first. Um, First semester of law school, I announced um, uh, my run for mayor, mm. and so I ran for mayor while I was in law school. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't know if I have the energy to do that again. Right. Um, that was pretty grueling, um, but kind of ran a year long campaign about changing the culture at the city and making sure we were treating people in the community respectfully, people at city hall respectfully, um, and then just continuing that long term vision that I had uh, for my hometown. And, right. and um, so I ran against uh, an incumbent and then an incumbent city council member and. Managed to, Those are nonpartisan yeah. races. Down nonpartisan, there, right? yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So managed to be the top vote getter. Uh, that was uh, wild. So at, uh, at 27, I became uh, the mayor of my. Right. My While you were in law school, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to keep emphasizing how. So, but but the funny thing is, is uh, that that semester of the election was not my worst semester in law school. So I want to get that on the record. <laughs> no, it was focused. It, yeah, was, focused. it was very focused. No, I actually yeah. want to point out, like that's got to be just that's a really Herculean feat to be able to go and run a city or run for an office and then still keep up with all. Yeah, your it didn't studies. it didn't seem like it at the time, but in retrospect, that was that was wild. Yeah. Wow. So tell us about some of your accomplishments as mayor and how that kind of led you to the legislature. Yeah, sure. Again, making sure that we had the support staff in our police department so that our police department could do their job instead of, you know, they were having to spend a third of their time doing uh, reports because we didn't have support staff for them. Um, so that was big. Also got a, uh, the Heritage Center, that's our senior center, and, and also hosts our historical society as well as the Yellow Ribbon Group. Um, so we got that building together. Um, continued infrastructure improvements, looking at um, tackling long-term debt. Um, so those are all big things, and we put in some new parks as well. And um, yeah, had a great time. Brought a ton of businesses to Lakeville during my time as mayor too. So wow. yeah, it was a good time. Wow. Kind of bring us to the point of so you're mayor one term or two terms? I was two terms. Yeah. So two terms. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then somehow the legislature came calling, or yeah. or you found it, or it found you. And I, and I kind of want to point out that. Like, this is a seat, at least the seat that we had. Uh, now that you're here, it's going to stay uh, in DFL hands. But at the time, it was a really uh, tough seat, and the, and the index weren't going your way. 
I would, and and still today, you know, my district is about is sixty percent Republican, right. um, and everybody knows I'm a DFLer. But I'm proud. I'm proud to represent that. I, I think what politics comes down to is that if you tell people what you're going to do, mm-hmm. and they trust you're going to do it, um, you know, they'll vote for you. And I don't think the partisan label is as important as some people think. If you know, if you can talk to people about the specific things you want to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, it kind of puts aside the party label. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud to represent a district that I think. Uh, you know, pundits or political scientists would say is never winnable um, for for someone um, on the, in the opposing party. But I'm just really proud. And even today, we had a group of, of five guys come in. Uh, they were doing a tour, and I told them to come up here and do a tour. And they came and talked to me afterward. They're all Republican, yeah. um, and but you know, they they trust what I say is what I'm going to do, and and that's true. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's important to re- remind ourselves of that. Right. I I think often the 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 idea of uh, the the candidate matters, you know, if they know you, right? Like they, you know, whatever party distinction you have, but if they know you and being a hometown guy that they got to see and see operate and work and come back home and be, you know, pretty dedicated to the things that they need. uh, I think that that makes a difference. I think that's important for folks who are listening. So tell us kind of, about what you want to accomplish here in the legislature. We're in the minority, just by a small amount, but um, but your ability to represent a district um, that we just talked about is leans Republican, uh, almost in an environment like this may give you an advantage because you have uh, the ability to know what the other side is thinking. Sure, I like to think that. Uh, I think for me, my, my biggest priorities are district focus. So uh, my number one priority for this session uh, has been to get Metro Mobility to Lakeville. Yes. Uh, we're, at, we're a city of 65,000 people, and, and we have uh, folks that need to get around, and, and they want to remain independent, and they want to remain in their home. Um, and so having that vital, low-cost door-to-door service for them is absolutely essential. So that's um, one of my number one priority. Yeah, okay. um, there's a couple other things that I'm working on. Uh, certainly getting infrastructure dollars back to the district is always important. Um, oftentimes the suburbs are left out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it goes to you know the the cities or greater Minnesota, and we get kind of uh, leapfrogged. Mm-hmm. So making sure we get those investments back to the district is important. I've also been working on some broader issues uh, like uh, reducing the cost of insulin. The costs are way out That's of control right, right now. That's right. Um, so uh, I, I have three those bills. Seem like those should yeah. be bipartisan things. Are they moving this session? They really should be bipartisan. Uh, the Senate has basically blocked all four bills that we've presented, um, um, uh, Senator Wickland and I. Uh, so I think that is uh, uh, that's absolutely tragic. People will continue to get sick, and uh, there will be people that die because we're not doing anything here. And um, it's unacceptable. I, I think there might. Well, hopefully we just continue to move. I think the House is moving some work there, right? And the governor is thinking about it. So maybe there's an opportunity for us to find a way to get to get some of those bills in. Because I do think, and I work a lot on health care, that this issue of, I don't know if it's insulin or EpiPens or whatever it is, the idea that the market is exploiting people. Uh, for something that they need, and if they don't get, then uh, often they die and do die. We yeah. we're, we're hearing those stories all the time. Agreed, and I you know we we talk about the market. I think in in the the case of insulin, there isn't actually a market uh, or any sort of free market operation mm-hmm. happening at all. Um, you know, there's four companies that all set the prices and they all set them at the same level. Yeah, people can't negotiate their insulin price. They can't delay it. They can't store it. There's there's just no market principles. This is not a market. Um, uh, to me, it just seems like extortion. So as a lawyer, how come that's not an antitrust issue or collusion? I'm not a lawyer, so, yeah. so I just want to 
tiptoe my way. But <laughs> is there is there ways to get at it that way? There are some uh, anti-price gouging statutes that our attorney general is taking on and has joined that lawsuit. I think that you're part of his task force, right? I am part of his new task force, task too, force. and that's a broader issue that covers more than just insulin. I think the difficulty in the pharmaceutical and specifically the insulin market is that it's difficult to uh, have any sort of generics. The the patents are are basically on lockdown, um, so it, it's easy to say that it's not a monopoly. It's just a matter of there aren't any uh, additional uh, manufacturers that because they're basically blocked out. So I think that's the difficult. I, I heard there's a generic on the horizon. I, I, somebody came in and told me that one of the generic manufacturers said that they're they're closed, but I don't know. Yeah. In FDA world, that could be three, four years out. Yeah, yeah. if you're a diabetic, um, being close to having a generic is not good enough. Right. Uh, we don't know what that means, and they're subject to being bought out. You know, right. if if uh, if we don't if we don't block these buyouts, there's going to be a company that just buys them out, mm-hmm. uh, raises the prices, just like mm-hmm. we've seen in every other drug. So. We've got to do something. So what, what, what about those around here who said if you really need insulin, it's emergency, go to emergency room? Uh, What's your response to that? Uh, that's heartless um, and doesn't make any sense from a policy s- standpoint. Uh, first of all, the entire purpose of the bills we're presenting is to prevent people from having to go to the that's emergency right. room. That's the right. second thing is, is if you can't afford your insulin, you sure as hell cannot afford an emergency room visit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that's coming from. That just seems like a very thin excuse for not hearing bills that matter. Or maybe it's political. Maybe they just don't want certain people to to get the opportunities to present those bills. Right? That's even worse. Right. Yeah. Right. I That's even worse. So. so I don't like to kind of do the age thing, but you are probably, I think, the youngest member of our caucus. Yeah. Um, so in thinking about that, and I'm probably right in the middle, um, how do how do we as a body and certainly as a party? What are and I haven't asked anybody else this. I was waiting for to, for you to come. How do we make sure that we're staying relevant and we're attracting young people or younger people to run for office, to be on our staff, or just to get involved with this process? How do you think that? What what are things that we can do better, or things that we you think we can do? I think part of the problem is a structural one. Um, when you run for office, it is a huge financial sacrifice. You know, even if um, the salary here is enough, you sacrifice so much time. Um, it's difficult to have uh, another job. You know, it's not part time like it used to be in the early 1900s. It doesn't operate like that anymore. Um, you're on full time. You know, 365, and so that's a structural problem. I think the time away from family is a huge. Um, consideration. If you have if you have a young family, um, uh, that's tough to spend all that time away from them. So uh, I think the structural problem is that it, it is a huge sacrifice. So you're going to need right. people that are willing to uh, make that sacrifice. But I think largely continuing to talk about issues that that matter to young people as well. Um, you know, it's set up in in a way that uh, people under 18 can't represent themselves in, right. with a vote. You know, they have a voice, but they don't have a vote. So we need to be cognizant of of tackling uh, things like the national debt. We just cannot continue to burden future generations. We also need to be looking at, um, you know, debt for uh, going to college. Yes. I mean, it's just 
it's out of control. Yeah. And so we're burdening um, future generations, my generation and future generations, with uh, just huge amounts of debt. So I think continuing to talk about those issues that matter to young people will, um, you know, spur people to continue to be involved. Right. So Right. Yeah. Well, no, that's good stuff. I've been thinking about it as I look at our body and trying to figure out, and even as we hire our staff and we're, we're figuring out we've, we're, just had a little controversy. Somebody wanted to take a picture in the retirement room, mm-hmm. and our folks aren't allowed in the retirement room, right? And so um, it just seems to me that there's some modernization and some looking forward uh, that we should do. So we're getting close to the end of our time, but I have the proverbial question that I've asked every single person. What is something about you that people wouldn't know just if they ran into you on the street? I absolutely hate uh, tags on my shirts and collars. I can't stand it. Is so right? all my dress shirts have the tags cut out of them. So Is that's that something right? you'd, By you'd, design? Uh, you'd never know. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an entrepreneurial, an entrepreneurial opportunity is to make shirts and everything without tags. I guess there are, there are some out there. Some so, out you know, there, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, maybe you can push that. <laughs> Listen, tell us how we can get in touch with you, social media, uh, your office. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. You can send me an email that's online. Uh, you can call my office. That's online. Um, you know, Twitter is at Little Senator. I'm on okay. Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, if it, I'm on Instagram for sure. Snapchat. I have Snapchat. I don't use it though. Well, I'm trying to. I just. I thought you'd be the person to use it. Everybody, I couldn't figure out a good way to use Snapchat. I had so he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, uh, you can contact me any way you want, and I'll try and get back to you in the same format. So. I really appreciate it, Senator Matt Little. Thank you for being on call of the senate thanks for having me thanks for listening to call of the senate i'm senator jeff hayden and i hope you enjoy getting to know my colleagues and hearing about important things that are happening at the capitol if you'd like to hear more stories please visit our website senatedfl.mn or connect with us on social media with the handle at senate dfl thank you